0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show, Mr. Roger Bowman of Roger Bowman's Fitness and Wellness Coaching. Roger, how are you, sir? What's going on today? I'm doing great, Joe. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. I'm excited to dive into this, Roger, because this studio is the current iteration of your coaching in the fitness industry, but it's not your first foray. You've been in the industry in a number of different capacities, and so I assume that you've gained a wealth of knowledge and and learned a thing or two about both training and business along the way, and so I'm excited to pick your brain before we dive in too deep on the interview Roger, tell us a little bit about Roger Bowman's fitness and wellness coaching when you describe what you do how do you how do you relay that message to people? Oh um,
2: I would say my niche if you will is, as to who I work with and where I shine is those that are, Working or, or growing in aging bodies, so you know, 35, 40 years of age or older, um, with more of a, I like to call it a bodybuilding modality or approach to to training and health and wellness. And to to clarify that, so uh, you know, sometimes I may get inquiries for or from you know, say, a young athlete or somebody wants to do CrossFit or powerlifting or other different things. I'm pretty good at those things, and I've dabbled and done a little bit of everything over the last 20 years. But where I really shine or Excel is more like that bodybuilding approach, which essentially is we're just building, uh, you know, our bodies to healthy, stronger, you know, standards, you know, again, in any body. So that's that's the crowd that I do best with, and that's who I tend to attract
1: and go after. Sure. And and I I appreciate that because there's so many different styles and modalities, to your point, within fitness overall. Yes. And it's, and I'm sure that you have come across these things. I'm sure that you've even done them yourselves, but your real wheelhouse is building muscle, getting people fitter and healthier as they get older and age. Correct. Roger, how do you, how do you deliver that? It seems like it would be a much more tailored approach. What is the, the business model with which you, which you deliver?
2: Um, well, uh, I mean the model, I mean, so there's a lot of different areas that I work in. Um, I mean, aside from my gym, and I won't go into detail, but I essentially work as liaison um, within men's endocrinology and hormone optimization. Um, I actually used to be a part owner of a supplement company where I meant, you know, I designed a lot of the, the formulas and things. I've managed and ran health food stores many, many moons ago. Um, So I've developed a a lot of working knowledge in many different, you know, ways of the whole health, fitness and wellness kind of, kind of, you know, picture. So I kind of bring a lot of that, that knowledge and that experience to the table when I bring somebody on board. So they're getting a little bit more than just a a personal trainer, if you will. Um, You know, so, so yeah, when I say like bodybuilding, you know, we can kind of, we can have those conversations about you know, hormones or you know, the basics of nutrition and you know, nutrient timing and all you know, all that stuff. We can kind of bring it all into to play. Um, so yeah, decreasing body fat, increasing muscle, increasing overall wellness, longevity, all that. That's that's kind of my wheelhouse and what I help people do.
1: Yeah. And and to your point, there are there is no shortage of places people could go if they're looking for just a workout. It sounds like you focus on the whole thing 360 degrees of health and fitness more so than just the one or two hours a day that they're going to be spending in the gym is that correct
2: it is correct joe and you know i have a lot of other systems in play as well um i you know some may be familiar with trainerize the platform you know i paid them to brand out you know an, an app for me um you know during the shutdown in 2020, you know, I made almost 200 videos myself in my space. That's all branded out with me demonstrating. You know, so when I bring people on, they're 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 getting me in their pocket. They're getting communications from me throughout the week, not just during that one-hour session or time together. Um, they're getting additional information on the concepts, the basic nutritional concepts, and hormones if it applies or whatever that person's. Uh, Concerns or goals are—they're—they're going to get deeper insights. You know, for me, uh, in in addition to again, just our time spent together. So these are all selling points that I utilize when, you know, I'm—I guess—kind of marketing to myself in the online world when they're when people are searching out a coach or a trainer, they're seeing these things, um, and I like to think it kind of uh, separates me from a lot of other
1: trainers that are you know just going to offer a workout and that's it and that's you know, over. Right, this is more of the, the highly individualized, tailored approach. And to your point, separates you from a lot of the pack. Walk us through kind of what what your clients typically pay for something like this, because it sounds very specialized and, and like it could demand premium pricing. Walk us through what you charge and, and what brought you to that price point. Um, Uh
2: well currently uh I my rates are one ten an hour. And I mean that's just, you know, on the average and the hour. I sell packages, you know, because I I feel it needs to be a commitment on, you know, with both parties. Uh so that's like that's the here and the now, but of course that has kind of kind of come up through the years, you know. Yeah, I, I started in this almost 20 years ago. And you know, gradually through through the years I have increased my prices to get to where I'm at now and along that journey i've of course increased my value and what I provide what I what I deliver as well. Uh, So that being said my my rates are significantly higher than any other you know trainers or coaches in in the area that I know of. Um, So I do tend to attract more executive type of clients. You know, uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, doctors, attorneys, and so forth. Uh, so that tends to make up my my
1: client list. Yep. And, and that tees us up perfectly for the idea of how do we find the correct people for this type of service, right? When we, in the fitness industry, with services ranging from $10 a month to hundreds or thousands of dollars a month finding the correct person with the the budget and the ability to buy into something like this is a challenge right we need to find our kind of avatar or our demographic what what does marketing look like for you to find that person the first thing that that
2: i would say is i over deliver I over-deliver on everything I do. I over-deliver value. When I say I have a one-hour session, it's not uncommon for me to spend an hour and 15 minutes. It's not uncommon for me to send an email or something you know, outside of my time together with that person. I think when you over-deliver and you're over-delivering to the right person who has a lot of money, who is you know, running in the circle of other very, very successful people, they're gonna talk about you. They talk about me. I get tons of referrals. My presence online, um, I, I, I'm I'm very keen on on how I'm presented. I try to stay active on certain platforms. Um, you know, my website is always up to date. I I've actually built out my my website. So, you know, we talk about. You know, just all the back end stuff from an SEO standpoint, I make sure that I'm very relevant if somebody's going, you know, jump on Google and search out a trainer. I want to make sure that I'm popping up, you know, on the top of those searches. Um, LinkedIn, I I always try to stay up to date on LinkedIn because, again, I feel that's where a lot of my people are going to be or at least the people I want to attract. Um, So I think having a a professional presence is really key. Uh, I'm very particular, even with my emails and my texts. I mean, everything that I do is, I'm, I'm very cautious of, of how I present, you know, my writings and my messages and everything that I do. Uh, and I think that really carries, um, again, for having that, um, that, that professional presence and it just keeps attracting more of the same type of people that I want to attract, uh, yep. which again are, you know, uh, very highly successful people where money's not a problem.
1: Sure. And so, it, it sounds like this is more in the realm of the word of mouth referral based growth. And, and yes. that's, is, is a mainstay in our industry, typically to your point, people that have the money to sign up for a service like this also know other people that have the money to sign up for a service like this. And so it's a natural extension of what we're already doing. Let me ask you this, Roger, are in terms of, moving forward, have you considered any other marketing strategies to further grow what you do?
2: Yes. Um, I, Till this day, I spend no money on marketing. Um, and I mean, just, just yesterday alone, I got two more inquiries. I received three over this past weekend, you know, uh, so I I don't spend anything on that, but I do want to maximize or optimize you know with you know do something with all these inquiries that i'm getting so you know utilizing the APP. um, Is definitely in the works Uh, all it's going to take is just a little bit of a push and Mm -hmm. I know that I can blow that up and and sell tons of programs, because I have a lot of programs that are already kind of built out that I spent a lot of time on. Um, I right now um, I have an online client from South Dakota. Who's been with me for the last few years? Uh, he recently came out about a month ago, crashed on my couch. You know, toured the the area here for about two days. But uh, long story short, he's going to be moving out here come May, and I'm going to rent space out in my gym. So that's going to be that's going to be some additional income I have coming in. Um, so I may look to
1: slowly kind of duplicate, you know, so, some of some of that. Yeah, uh, and and so. It sounds like kind of a number of different directions, right? We're bringing on another trainer to to better utilize the time and the space within the, the facility that you have. We have these digital assets that you can monetize in a number of different ways. And so growth coming in at least those twofold directions, where do you see the majority of your time being focused here moving forward? um
2: a bit so there's going to be a little bit of a shift i believe a little bit more in 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 like the online side of things uh, as time goes on um just because i feel like i can maximize my any additional time i do have there versus in person yep um i will say that it's just a matter of time before i increase my rates again um because i'm in high demand and there's only so many hours you know in a day and a week Uh, so, so there's a, you know, those are a couple, couple things right there. Um,
1: It's funny because the, the traditional downfall of one-on-one personal training is that we can only handle so many people. We only have so many hours in a day, so we can either raise our rates or figure out ways that we can get in front of more people without necessarily just working more and more hours. It sounds like you're doing a bit of both here. And I'm, yeah, and I'm
2: not trying to work more. That's for sure um i I don't um i have i believe i have a comfortable work-life balance going on right now again all the people that i work with I, i i say this sincerely there's not a person that that walks through the door at my gym that i don't sincerely really really like personally i enjoy my time with every one of these people that come through i connect with them on a personal level they're just good people and i learn a lot from these people as well Um, so, you know, I, I enjoy that. And from like a marketing standpoint also, you know, it kind of goes on what I just said. I always invite these people to things outside of the gym. I think that kind of lends into marketing as well, because it's, it's a relationship business. Yes, we are personal trainers, but we're in the relationship business. And so if I'm say, you know, going to do some recreational basketball, or you know recently i played squash you know down at the you know at the toledo club with a with a client of mine um you know i i recently started roller skating a little bit and i've invited a couple of clients uh hey you want to go roller skating yeah it'll be fun it's just little things outside of the gym that helps to nurture those relationships and, you know, when that stuff happens, they typically bring another friend of theirs along to join in on, on the fun of whatever we're doing. And then I get to meet their friends. And then, you know, and then I develop those relationships. And maybe that friend or those people that I meet, they don't, tra- they're not wanting you to train with me now, but maybe six months from now, they're like, you know, yeah, that Roger guy's a great guy. And then, then, then they Google me and they look me up online and Next thing you know, uh, somebody I met five six months ago is now wanting to work with me today. Um, so again, that's that's kind of kind of flows a little bit of my marketing and how I'm just slowly kind of growing my presence and my reputation
1: month by month, year by year here. Yep, and and I think that's really really important, right? When we talk, here, when you touched on, I have a good work life balance. When we talk about growing businesses like this it can become a really slippery slope to 70 80 100 plus hour work weeks and and suddenly we don't know what happened we have this great thriving business but for what we talk about business ownership as as a vehicle to living the life that you want to live Yes. And it can become really, really easy to be a victim of your own success, just as much as the other side. Joe, I've fallen into that trap.
2: Uh, I've been in that trap before. And, you know, and I'll give you a little backstory. So, you know, I, I moved from Michigan. I was in the Detroit area. Uh, I moved uh, in early 2016 down to Toledo, Ohio, where I'm, I'm currently. So I've been here six years. Um And I vowed when I, when I did made that move, I'm like, I am not working myself to death because I was essentially working myself to death. When I was in Michigan, I had my own gym. I built out a three car garage into a gym in my backyard. So I had clients come to see me there and I rented space in two other gyms in two other cities. So I was like, talk about burning a candle on all ends. Right. I mean, I was like, it was like six, seven days a week, just work, 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 work. Um, I decided when I moved here I was gonna really increase my rates and work less and have a lot more work-life balance, which I like to think I've been pretty successful in doing that. Um, if I were to be honest, I I don't know. I probably work a little over forty hours a week on most weeks. I have pretty good balance, but you know I I'm I'm you know I'm I'm doing a six-figure kind of thing. You know my overhead is really low. I'm I'm doing okay. Uh, so yeah, I mean. Yeah, it, we have to have work life balance. And however one needs to figure out how that needs to to look and get there, I, th- I think that's important because, yeah, doing 70, 80, 90 hours a week, you can only go so
1: long on that. Right. You know? yep. So life is short. Yeah, that's that's something that it helps when we're building businesses, even early on, it helps to keep that in mind. Obviously, what that balance is, is going to be tailored to the individual. But like you said, what are we doing all this for (laughs) we have to okay to to to, to like grind it out i mean
2: i grinded it out for i don't know 10 12 13 years i grinded it out i was you know i I was doing those hours yeah uh was it maybe a little bit much maybe but you know you sometimes you got to do what you got to do but my point is i don't like i don't think it's good to do that forever no. Eventually, I mean, you need to build your value, you need to build your worth, you need to build your following, build your business, and then you know, then delegate some of the some of that work to other people. And yeah, it's Spot we, got, we got a little balance there.
1: Kind of the natural evolution of a business owner, not even just in fitness, business owners in general, right? We opened right up here we don't have the budget to hire people. So we're the guy opening the doors in the morning. We're the guy delivering the service. We're the guy mopping toilets and and vacuuming. We're the guy locking the doors at the end of the day. As time goes on, we want to offload some of those things as best we can. And and it sounds like that's kind of where you're at now of what activities or, or what items within the business, can I outsource to somebody to buy back some of that time and some of that mental space as well? Um, and so, Roger, I, as, as we approach the end of our time here, you and I, obviously, we could we could go back and forth about this for hours, but as we, as we wrap things up, where can people find out more about what you do? Is there a website? Is there social media? Yeah, simply just rogerbowman.com. Uh,
2: or you could just Google or search Roger Bowman's fitness and wellness and plenty of stuff should come up.
1: <laughs> You'll find me one way or another. Roger, this has been a bunch of fun. I really appreciate the chance to to kind of pick through your brain and figure out what makes you tick. We'll have to get you again down the road and, and rerun this interview and, and see where the world takes you. Right, Where the online space is, what, what the business looks like a year from now may be a little bit different. How does that sound to you? Sounds great. Awesome. Roger, thank you, thank you, thank you. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model and how it works within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out.
0: Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview.
3: What's up, Jim Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Jim Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I am here with Diego. He is out in California, and he owns CrossFit Reality. What's up, Diego? How are you today?
4: Good, good, good morning to you. I'm doing good. Thank you.
3: Awesome. Thank you for joining us today. We're excited to have you here.
4: I'm excited to be here, too.
3: All right, awesome. So let's just jump right in. So what is it that made you want to own a gym?
4: Um, there were two things. The first one was first the passion for what I do, uh, which is CrossFit. Um, I, I feel that CrossFit has changed my life in so many different ways. Uh, it uh, got me closer to my best friends and to my future fiance. So uh, all those things that Krase have given me. So, and plus the health and all those things it has been amazing. And then from the business perspective, uh, with my previous career being a business development for a major corporation uh, for for many many years, and you know, kind of always helping entrepreneurs open their businesses, I never did it on my own. So I think it was the perfect match, the perfect marriage, right? Look at my experience and look at what I have a passion for. It. Let me open a business.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Combining your experience and your passion. What's better than that? That's perfect. And through your personal relationships also, and then within the relationships that you've built in the gym, that's the perfect combination. So that's awesome. So as far as your business goes, so you're a CrossFit box. So correct. as far as your business model, how does that work? So you're mostly doing group training, correct?
4: Correct. So um, I want to say it's about 80% of group training. Uh, where we have set classes in the morning, noon and afternoon. Then we have an open gym concept. And during that open gym is also what we utilize for onboarding on new members. Um, We have a very unique model to bring new members on board. Uh, And the reason that I decided to create something like that. And, you know, I heard many, many other people, many, many other business owners, you know, having different concepts, or let me do a class or let me do a one-on-one or let me do this, this and that. So I took all of that and put it in consideration And, and look at myself. So I was always thinking about, the customer perspective. I never looked at it from a gym owner. Yes, I want to make money. Yes, I want to do all those things. But guess what? If I don't have somebody walking in through those doors, I'll never make money, right? right. So I have to put my customer hat and think about them. And I look at myself when I started CrossFit. So back in the day, I was around here about, to, you know, almost nine, 10 years ago. Um, I play, um, I swim in college. So I was always being shaped, shape, right? So my ultimate goal was I want to do a, a, a triathlon, right? So that's my ultimate goal. So I have run milestones, I have, you know, swimming for 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 seven, eight, uh, almost nine years, you know, college and high school and so on. So I was in shape and I was looking for that extra edge. So when I started running, I started getting good, but I could not never use my time. So my running coach is like, how are you trying to, you know, strengthen your core, you know, and, you know, help you with muscle, build a muscle, like, okay, I'll try, try CrossFit. So continue to that, and, 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 and I tell you that, unfortunately, right, the first CrossFit box that I joined it was kind of like, I was that, I was considering myself elite at athlete because I I could run marathons and you know, yeah. I can swim for four hours, right? So like right. I, I'm I'm invisible. So when I got there, I saw somebody snatching 225 pounds and I was like, That's something i never done. I was challenged ego in terms of like, I wanna do that. So guess what? I grabbed the bar, I put 95 pounds, tried to snatch it on my head and almost killed myself. Right, mm-hmm. cause I don't wow. have the form. I don't have anything so I wasn't on board properly they were just right. hey look at here's here's this crossfit deal you know look at look at rich ron and look at what he looks like you're gonna get like that just try it uh-huh. and I was never on board so that is why I decided to create that onboarding process with my members and do an open gym that we, we utilize um we have you know nine classes that they need to attend kind of to cover the nine uh, nine uh, fundamental movements of crossfit and we covered that in our classes and, and we have had a pretty good rate of return when it comes to those things because now I'm thinking like my customer. I'm not gonna put you in a place where you're gonna get injured. but I'm actually gonna put you in a place when you're gonna learn how to do these movements so that way when you come to class, you'll be that much ready.
3: Right, I love that. I think that a lot of times, CrossFit kind of gets a bad rap because mm-hmm. yeah. of similar experiences to the experience that you had. I think that a lot of times when people Walk into a CrossFit box, it's like they feel like they have to start throwing around as much weight as they possibly can right away. And obviously, Mm -hmm. that's not how it works. That's how you get injured. And I think that a lot of times that's exactly what happens at CrossFit boxes. And I think that's why sometimes it it has that kind of negative connotation sometimes in people's minds. So I love that you've put in place a system to onboard people, to teach them proper form, to make sure that they're not injuring themselves so they can actually progress. Because once you injure yourself, you actually just set yourself back further.
4: There you go. And, and, and that was the whole concept of, you know, going from the uh, – normal um yearly contracts, right? 12-month contracts or whatever the time frame to went to a monthly contract. It was not in fact monthly contract, but it's a monthly membership that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the whole reason behind it is because once again, if you don't put your heart out, of the customer coming into your door, then you're not going to be able to continue to grow your business. So why do I have to hold somebody accountable for that amount of time when my job as a business owner is supposed to be How can I satisfy you every time that you come in here? How can I renew your agreement with me every day that you're here? Because you've seen progress, you're getting healthy, you're getting better, you're having better eating habits. Whatever the case is, whatever has changed your life because of what you have done, then that is me renewing new contract every day. So it's a culture, right? So we we so much talk about it at times in CrossFit, the community, the community. I get it, but If you go back to look at the definition of community, it's different than the culture. So yeah. what we can do is a culture here because that is really what's going to drive our results.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So I like that you take a, an mm-hmm. approach. It's like you're under-promising, but you're over-delivering. And that's Correct. super important to make sure that you, it's almost like you are challenging yourself to renew that membership every single day rather than okay. a yearly membership. Um, so I, I love that from a cultural standpoint, from a business standpoint, it makes things a little bit harder to look at your monthly income. Cause it's more so Correct. unpredictable when some, when someone's on a month to month contract mm-hmm. as opposed to a yearly contract. So how do you kind of balance those two things between knowing what you've got coming in for the next month, but then still providing that, that customer service for your clients? Yeah.
4: So there's two the, the things I was looking at, kind of like I used to utilize the indicators, right? Um the one is going to be um we do have satisfaction surveys uh, that okay. we implement in a quarterly basis, the one where you know where where our members will talk about how do they feel about the programming, how do they feel about the coaches, our facilities, you know, and overall experience that they have in there. so a new a new member that comes in and join us. You know, they go through that process. Existing members, the same thing, quarterly. Uh, it is kind of like randomly. It is not that I choose okay because I know you're gonna give me no. So, so, so it's randomly chose because like, I really want to get the, the the experience, right? And right. All those things, right? So when I was looking at all that uh, in the previous year, the pinpoint was those contracts, mm-hmm. right? So I'm thinking from the business development perspective, right? Uh, and and again, because probably I have you know 18 and a half years of a company that. Uh, taught me really well how to um change something that is broken, uh, right. be the not norm of that, not be a follower, but rather a leader. Mm-hmm. So when everybody else is doing that, and when everybody is complaining about this is' because they don't feel the freedom. they feel that they're tied and and now they're obligated to go there. They, it's not like they want to go there, right? And mm-hmm. when you wake up in the morning, as you as, as you mentioned to me, you have a passion for the business, right? When right. you get ready, you're like, oh, man, another day that I have to go there? Like, I woke up every morning and said, I can't wait to get to the gym. Like, I'm right. excited. I mean, it's 7 o'clock in our time, and I'm, I'm, I'm all up and running. You know? <laughs> so, so, so how can I create that culture to, to, to my members? Right. What do I need to do for them to see I want to be here?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So, yes, am I taking a big risk financial? Absolutely but I do understand that if I change the behavior, if I change the culture, I'm going to have the result. I have done for 18 years, right? right. And mm-hmm. for me to be able, like I mentioned I was to you earlier, to get such a large investor from, from another major corporation to invest in a previous company, it speaks volumes because I know that those results are going to be there. So trust right. trusting the process, right? And it's mm-hmm. not something that I just came up out of nowhere. Like I do have my my very unique sell, selling process you're going to call it, you know, follow-up process and so on. Um, that, that's, that's the corporate America taking over my brain, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I have all these things. But as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a new business owner, a lot of times we fail on that because we're so caught up like, oh, let me be the best coach out there. Let me be, you know, the the best programming and let me do all those things.
5: Mm-hmm. And when you
4: start wearing those multiple hats, you just lost track of what you need to be. You don't know what your goal is anymore because you're, concentrated on this so um so yes financial risk i'm taking heavily financial risk uh, but i know the path is in place i have mm-hmm. my goals and my strategies but it's going to help me get what i need to be now right am i looking for crossfit reality to be my retirement plan is not okay. right um if i should mention something at the beginning like this is my way to continue to leverage all the things Right mm-hmm. in business, when you have seen when you grow business, not about just one business and how you just make it an incredible big. I mean, those things will happen, but it's just once in a lifetime. Right. And how you actually grow is diversifying your business. Mm-hmm. So yes, Jim is going to be one, but this is again my leverage to something else later on. So, how can I continue to build different brands out of this? How to continue to build different activities out of this? So, um, so thinking that in mind, I'm not thinking how I'm going to be able to you know make a uh, million dollars my first year that was right. my goal right like how can I make 20 million dollars in five years from now so right. what is my end goal so do I need to leverage something here years to get what I want to go
3: right yeah absolutely it's like a, a building block for the next steps mm-hmm. for you so mm-hmm. as far as your with the process that you have in place so this is interesting to me because this is a different model than a lot of facilities mm-hmm. use so as far as your retention goes how is your retention are you losing just a few clients per month just because they're moving or different things come up or how is your retention looking from month yeah. to month
4: so people that have left us uh, there's only one member that left because uh, it wasn't what they wanted anymore right mm-hmm. uh, and all the other five members that have left is because they have moved away like hey look at, i'm going you know i'm, I'm moving to downtown LA and now my drive is going to be 45 minutes and you know and, and I, I just think I can make it. like that's fine like right I, I completely agree life changes right yeah and I'm just thinking those are the five people right that have left us the best reviews in Google and, and Yelp because they were like I didn't have to fight with somebody to let me go
6: and yeah. I appreciate
4: so guess what I'm going to refer you because this is the environment that I want my friends to be on. Yeah, so, right. That's what it happened. The referral program we meet them into there. They're like, Look, I'm leaving you, but I'm, I'm giving you two referrals." Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you very much. Appreciate Absolutely. that, right, so, Yeah.
3: Yeah, that customer experience is is so important in that culture. You talked a lot about the community, the culture of your facility being so important, and it really is. And I think sometimes that's overlooked at times. And I mean, you mentioned as a business owner, you're wearing so many hats, so it's hard mm-hmm. to pay attention to everything. So sometimes that can get lost, but it is super important. And especially as far as referrals go, because a lot of times when you have somebody coming in on a referral basis, they're pretty much walking in the door ready to sign up. So those are good leads that you have coming in your door from referrals. So that's Mm -hmm. the perfect lead essentially. Um, But as far as, go ahead.
4: No, I said yeah, 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 absolutely. And remember, we took over a gym, so it's not that I built it from the ground up, right? So mm-hmm. I took whatever was in there in place. Pandemic hit, you know, it went down to almost nothing, and rebuilding from that point on. So a lot of our 16 members that were there before, I tell you, and you know, I like to be honest and problem with my people. Is, hey, you know, we had a 120 membership, you know, roster for the lack of mm-hmm. a better word, pre-pandemic. Um, right now I only have about 42 of them back, right? Yeah. What are the other ones? They went somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they had disagreements, whatever the kids and they were like, like I like a good amount of people from, from that, and they were asking me, so what are you gonna be you programming? So what are you gonna do differently? Right. And and when I start going through my model that I call the interaction model, mm-hmm. I find out that they may they're not gonna be the right fit for what I wanna build. Yeah. And and as much as it hurts, because like I have a business partner, right? As much as it hurts, she's like, but we need it, like I get it and I don't want you to be desperate, we need them, but would you rather bring 40 extra people that later on in a year, two years from now, are going to be talking about how they are unhappy with us, how they don't right. like the program, how they, because that's the that's mentality right
6: now, mm-hmm. so i
4: rather what we call, right, we fire them right away, right, we let yeah. them go find, find the right place for you because this is not it, this mm-hmm. is the culture that we're trying to build is different, right we have different mindsets, and if they're not there, then I'd rather bring on board people that are of the same mindset that they want to continue to grow with us and they're going to be supportive. And we right. have 42 members that I'm telling you amazingly supporting us. They're, they're a rock. When, when, when I was going through the remodel and these negotiations, I was thinking about getting to hire a contractor. I'm going to go to this, and that I have 42 people showing up to my gym every night and on Saturdays, painting, taking, you know, carpets out and, and, and it was just, like me the chills to still talk about it, because it's overwhelming so yeah. like, that's what i thought that is the culture that i want exactly. this is what i'm doing because all these people
3: yeah that's perfect like you it's like you have a, a vetting process in place you won't just mm-hmm. let anybody come in your doors you want a specific no. type of person that fits sure. your community uh to Add positivity in a lot of times I think that can happen, you know, um, mm-hmm. it, it only takes one bad apple to spoil the bunch and you know that can happen that toxicity if you have somebody that doesn't fit and they start spreading that negativity within yeah the culture of your gym, it just doesn't work. And that applies to staff as well, which I think is another thing that a lot of owners struggle with is having Mm -hmm. somebody on the staff that maybe performs well, but is a negative influence on the rest of the team. Um, And I think that that happens a lot too. And it's hard to get rid of that person for lack of better term there. Um, But it's, it's something that's necessary. And and it is hard to step back and say, we need these memberships. We need new people in our door. We really wanna grow that revenue, but having the right people, it's like, you have gotta kind of weigh your options. Do you want the right people, the the community, the culture to be really good with a smaller amount of people, but the right people, or do you just want whoever comes in your door to be able to bring in as much as you can on a monthly basis. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's certainly a line there.
4: Yeah, and, and that's that the risk that we decide to take, right? Is is a calculated risk for, for, for the lack of better words, again, mm-hmm. that I'm willing to actually, again, um, I look at it from um, from a builder perspective, right, being in business development. If I don't have a foundation, then how can I continue to build this out? If I'm building a cracked foundation, then how am I gonna continue to build these blocks out? They're gonna crack at one point, then a fall down is gonna be a part and by the time, yes, I'm gonna have more money, I'm gonna have more reputation, whatever the case is. But why am I gonna be wasting all my time building all that to later on, later on, probably losing it, right? Because mm-hmm. it's gonna be a financial loss to, to my business. So instead, can I invest right now where the financial loss is minimized, right? It's control, and then right. build that foundation that we need to do, and then really like start growing that, and not have to worry about well, what's gonna, what my original members going to do, when they're gonna crack, and you know that being the bad apple that we talked about it so it's exactly. the financial you know decision that you decide to make that goes with a behavior and, and you know um probably i'll tell you you know three four years down the line whether that work or not
3: <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah so it's more of like a slow and steady process um mm-hmm. so as far as your client acquisition process goes or lead generation goes how are you getting new people in the door outside of referrals and word of mouth is there any type of marketing that you're doing and if so what does that look like
4: yeah so w- we thought a lot about this right so what is going to be the best way to 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 market our gym right to, to make it attractive or whatever the case is and, and you have many different ideas different philosophies right well you know you need to do the Google Apps and you need to do this and that. And there's so many companies out there that, hey, look at, you know, we're going to give you 30 new customers every day and, and things like that. Like, I get it and I understand those customers because I did at one point in my career, right? But what I'm looking at here is that I really need to understand what my market is. And a lot of times we talk about niche markets and, you know, what is the that you're looking for? And I looked at, you know, at the fitness industry, just a little bit different in that perspective because... If I'm 19 and I'm going to college, of course, health is going to be and be healthy and be in, being fit. It's going to be very important for me, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm 45 years old, it is also important because I may have children. I want to be interacting with my children. I don't want to just be sitting on the couch and do nothing, right? So to, so, so we say, what is your niche market, right? I, I can't be, oh, it's from 17 to 45. like No, because I'm, I'm leaving people behind. So what I realized, like, I need to figure out what really my market is. Mm-hmm. And my market is my community around me, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm not gonna have somebody from once again from downtown LA driving an hour and a half in traffic to come and see me. If I right. do, that's probably I have invented something that nobody had and I need to package it and you know and, and sell it <laughs> to everybody else, right? So right. it's <laughs> not it's not gonna happen. Like I'm I'm not gonna go, you know, drive two and a half hours to go for a worker class unless I have a work class. You know, uh, uh, what's it called, coach, or you know, some celebrities in there, whatever the case is. So, mm-hmm. so I, I need to be realistic. So, so my community is what I have around my gym. What well, is a 20-25 mile radius, right? So how how do I how do I capture their attention, right? Mm-hmm. So how do how do I how do I get them here? And it goes back to the referral program because guess what, most of our members, about 75, 75% of our members live within a 10-mile radius of our gym. Mm-hmm. So, they're already involved in the community. They're already participating. They have kids that they go to school. So, that has been kind of like our approach. Have we put ads out that? We haven't put ads out that. I tell you, mm-hmm. the only lead generation that I have is in our website. So, I decided to concentrate on our website to, to make it look very impactful, right? That like it's telling a story, and that way people are going to continue to start, you know. Uh, um, contesting us uh, due, to, due to the website because our members say hey look you can go to CrossReality.com. they have a lot of information over there and we continually promote that within our, you know within our members mm-hmm. um, so at the end of the day that is what i want to go after right i want to go to the 20 mile radius that is around my gym and start talking to those people talking to those communities so i've been thinking about how can i join you know like local sports folks or high school how can i get a hold of you know coaches in the high school teams that they can help me promote things. I can let them use our facilities to come and do strength and conditioning for the athletes, right? And mm-hmm. that is going to increase the, the world of mind. And that's how you're going to get the culture because that is what my target market is. That is right. what people that live around me and you know, that they, they need to understand that there's a better option for, for what we talked earlier, right? The customer experience, the retention, whatever the case is in our facilities compared to going to maybe a big box that is a mile and a half away from us. So what right. is happening? I'm going there to come over here
3: yeah yeah absolutely you're as we talked about before your your avatar is somebody who is very specific so that marketing has to be very targeted so mm-hmm. there definitely are ways to yeah. target specifically exactly who it is that you're looking for um you know to get a few more people in your door so yeah. you said that uh, beforehand so pre-covid the facility was at about 120 members yes, and yes. now you're down Correct.
4: to about 42 so, was it so, so we started with 42 right and they came on board with with us from from the previous um ownership from the
3: previous
4: owner yep great so remember during COVID the entire COVID time we were closed. like mm-hmm. we were running kind of like a facility say hey look at you you know 40 something members or 30 members at a the time they wanted to find a place to work out so right. we allowed them to come in in, in appointments and they will they'll will be kind of like Work out on their own time, but there were no classes, no nothing. It was just here's a facility you're gonna rent it for us for an hour, you can do that, right? So they're coming in and they they do the workout and they have a schedule and so on. Um, so they, they, they carry over, but now uh, we have about 62 members, so we have been about 20 you know, 20 plus members in a span of um, about three months.
3: Wow, okay, yeah,
4: yeah, and and again. 90 percent of that was the website like mm-hmm. we we have a lot of heads of people um really interesting. i always tell the story like in the past three months we have gained people from spain people that have moved from spain to here So there's a, there's a guy that was going to college and he was doing his research right what he was going to be going to school to nearby he's like oh i want to go there and then he came to us and we, we brought him on board uh yeah. people from brazil uh, we have another guy from France. So it's a very diverse and multicultural uh, environment that we're creating right now that I didn't think I was going to spend that way. But I'm so happy because they're helping us build that brand as well. Like they're constantly posting us, in, you know, in, in their Facebook or Instagram and social media. So that's bringing the attention. Like,
3: right. what are these
4: guys, what are they doing? Why are they having so much fun? Again, breaking the myth that if you're going to do class, you're going to get hurt. But mm-hmm. hey, look, you do come do going You know, have a good time with them.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's perfect. I love that. So I also wanted to touch on earlier, you had mentioned diversifying within yes. the gym. So mm-hmm. as far as, other streams of revenue, providing other streams of revenue, providing other services to the clients that you have currently. Is there a plan in place for that? Do you have um, specific services that you offer as well as training? How does that look within your facility?
4: Yes. Yeah, so um, so the first problem that you will consider, uh, you know, uh, that is not a group class. It will be the onboarding, the, you know, the one with one, the nine classes that our members are going to go through. So that is personal training that, you know, that we have as the first introduction to CrossFit, right? Then we have our CrossFit classes and we have an open gym. Our goal is to continue to open different classes as well. Uh, and we're talking about, you know, powerlifting or uh, Olympic weightlifting. Um, we realized that we have a pretty large running community in Long Beach. Um, mm-hmm. So I want to tap into that. Like, what are those runners doing in this trending condition, right? right. It's not going to be for my members, but I'm thinking about, like, how can I maximize the time that the gym is? quote unquote, close clothes because there's no class uh-huh. so how can I maximize that time it's not taking into my members but how can I utilize the gym floor because I'm still paying rent at the end of the month right where right. there's a class or no class so if I can maximize that so, so those opportunities those stats have been uh brought out in this part of our business plan but not mm-hmm. yet recently okay. times because like everything like I can set up the business I can set up you know permits and all those things which a lot of times we don't, we don't think how much time consuming that is um but if you don't have the right stuff, and I think we talked a little bit about the beginning, if you don't have the right stuff, and I can keep growing because I can bring, you know, a hundred more members in. But if I don't have the support, then my entire model, which is based on month to month, and I'm renewing your contract every day, you mm-hmm. don't share my mindset, don't share our ideas, our goals, and our culture, how are you going to do that? Right. I'm busy opening these classes. I'm busy buying these things and, and running the whole business. If I don't have people in front of me, that can mimic what we do from the culture perspective and be in the same place as we are right and I I I can't bring a hundred new members because I right I'll Mm shoot myself on the foot and people are going to be leaving us so yeah I want to make sure that I have that and I tell as a business that is the biggest struggle that I have Mm -hmm. finding the right people because yeah you know as an owner, you say you were many hats I can grab somebody now I can teach them but I don't have the time I have all the things that I need to do so I'm gonna say that I say I have not found the uh, right answer on where to go get the right people for for the job we have great yeah. coaches don't get me wrong I, I have two amazing coaches um but how do I help them grow like this is their side job this is not their you know lifehood to continue a career and continue to that so it's uh that's a challenge that's a challenge yeah
3: Yeah, for sure. And it's like a catch-22 because it's like you're spending so much time doing other things that you don't have time to get the right people in the door as far as staffing goes, but then you can't get the new people in the door. So you're still focused on all of these other things. And it's just like a big circle. Thank so you. yeah, you you never, you, it's like you're always chasing your tail because yeah. you don't have the right help in place. Um, but you, you touched on before as well, having the right structure and having the right systems in place for growth is one of the most important things, if not the most important thing within the business because you can't build the house on sand right? It's like you have to have that solid structure in place to be able to grow. So getting to that Mm -hmm. point sometimes can be challenging because, you know, as the business owner, you're doing everything Uh, and finding the right people, getting the right people in the door, training them to provide the same level of service that you do as Mm -hmm. well is also hard. And I think that that can be very hard as a business owner to delegate some tasks and take some things off of your plate because you want to be in control of everything because you want that level of service to stay the same. I know that's how it was when I was running a facility. It was very hard for me to step back and delegate tasks because <laughs> I wanted to make sure that that level of service was upheld. You know, so um, that can be that can be a challenge as well.
4: Yeah, yeah, but but I think you know what is helping us tremendously solve that, you know, that equation. is uh, you know, my business partner, I mean, I have I tell you, an amazing business partner. Um, when we looked at that, she had experience that I didn't have, and I had experience that she didn't have, right? right. So she she, is, she has been in the fitness industry. She was with uh, Big Box in the past, right, working for sales and that. Uh, then mm-hmm. she went to Orange Theory to, to work in the HR team with Orange Theory, right, in, in the fitness industry. And then, you know, this opportunity came across and, you know, she's our head coach. She's um, she's running you know the day-to-day operations in there and, and I tell you that that by us having what is called a role clarity meaning this is my um. job this is your job it really helped us to start identifying because now somebody that applied uh, you know, that wants to become a member immediately you know had a free class and he's like I love this environment I want to be here and he's like are you guys hiring for coaches and like well, talk to me about it like well yeah I want to get my level one certification you know, I'm, I'm really passionate to start like this. And we start going to kind of like an interview, formal interviewing there. And I was like, well, maybe we'll be looking at the wrong side. Like, maybe people that are with that are interested in doing this because it's their passion too. Right. And I, I'm that to definitely tell hey, why one of our members spends four hours in a gym, you know, working out, like has two sessions, like he's not going to make it to the classic game, but that's not keep going go. Right. But he has a passion for it. So, I you know, that the thing that I didn't realize like that she brought to my attention, like, hey, look at maybe we need to start tapping a little bit into our internal talent.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, you never know, like it again, it just a Spark yes somebody that maybe want to do that, they want to leave what they, they have been doing, you know, the, the nine to five for the past ten years and, and yeah. have the opportunity to be in this environment, And so be it. So again, I I, I, I think that we still need to, you know, go through those growing processes and, and having a partner. I think has been probably by far the best thing that I could have ever done. I, I wouldn't be able to be here on my own because I did not have the understanding of the fitness industry. Meaning I was an athlete, but I was never into that side of the business where right. she was. So, so I think it was kind of like a perfect marriage and, 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 it was, and it really worked out.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It helps to kind of balance things out for you for yeah. sure. And yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes pulling from internally as far as your membership goes for staffing sometimes that can be a really positive thing because like you said a lot of those people already have the passion for what it is that you do and that's super important because that's conveyed to your clients your members and Mm -hmm. to have that again going back to the culture the right culture it you know it starts with your staff so definitely um not a bad idea to pull from the membership internally looking for the right people as far as starting. I haven't
4: explored that in detail, but it's always mm-hmm. in the back of my head. Like, you yeah. know, if they're giving a referral because they enjoy being here, I'm sure they will have a passion to be here, or they may not know somebody that wants to do this or they're doing this somewhere else and say, Look, let me check out our gym. Like, look at what we're doing here. Um, right. Type of so, again, so again that, that, that's something that, um, you know, I kind to admit it and it's still. A work in progress. I mean, it's been three months since we officially opened the doors to the public, and yeah. um you know, I, I wish I could kind of. And, and and my business partner is always great because she's like, you gotta slow down, man. Like you wearing <laughs> your your corporate America had too much, and you wanna have everything in place on the first month. Like I know that I just how my brain works, and she's like, slow down. You know, like let's do this. Like she takes me back to what we said. Let's build the foundation. Let's right. build that strong. So. Don't try to run when you can't even walk here.
3: Right. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Build the foundation first so that you have that structure to build for the future. That's yeah. perfect. All right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media?
4: Um, definitely. I mean, they can go to CraftsFare Reality on Instagram or in Facebook as well at uh, you know CraftsFare Reality. Uh, our website is always available. That's, that's our main uh, portal to create appointments want to start having communication with us, and that is CrossFitReality.com.
3: All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Diego. It's been awesome talking to you.
4: It's my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me.
3: Yes, of course. All right. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. And in the meantime, make sure you keep killing it, Jim lords. We will catch you on the flip side. Jim lords. out.
0: Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
3: Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all
2: future supplement orders.
5: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Full Sturker Fitness in Gardner, Kansas, Scott Patterson. How are you doing today?
6: Good, man. I appreciate you having me on.
5: I appreciate you taking the time to be on. I'm excited to hear about what you're doing out there in Kansas. So tell us what's Full Starker Fitness all about?
6: Pretty much the gym is um, I try to cater to everybody. We've got some people that compete, bodybuilding. We've got some swimsuit competitors. We, have, we had some strongman competitors. So we kind of tried to cater to everybody, not necessarily one discipline.
5: Got it. Got it. So you have, it's a, it's an open gym, like open membership concept right now, right? Where there is a, a primary self-service aspect. People come in, they get their monthly membership. And for the most part, they're just, they're getting equipment access, right?
6: Yeah. They're getting access. It's 24 seven. If you wanted to come and do bodybuilding, we've got stuff for that Strongman, we've got hundred pound plates, powerlifting. It's kind of everyone's gym at this point.
5: Awesome. And we'll get into a little bit more of the services that you're offering and are going to offer in a few minutes. But before we hop into that, give us a little bit of a background how you ended up. This is a gym that you took over, you know, just a few months ago. So give us a little background of what led up to that, how you were familiar with the gym and the opportunity that brought itself to you.
6: Yeah. So I got out of the military in 2013. I wanted to stay active. So I found my local gym uh started going there pretty consistently almost 7 days a week I'd say uh knew the owner and kind of we became good friends he had another gym in a different town so I went and kind of did a I managed that for a few years kind of got to learn the ins and outs of the business and as as there were tensions between the gym owner and the corporate kind of umbrella he he gave me the opportunity to kind of take everything, and I have made it my own since then.
5: Awesome, man. So this was your local gym that you were working out in for a few years. Uh, so you you knew the clientele, you knew the equipment, you knew the ins and outs of how it went. So as far as the the day to day client side operations, you were super familiar with that. And then from the other location, you get to see the back end. So consumer and manager, you basically had a pretty well-rounded picture of, of what running and owning a gym looked like.
6: Yeah, I'd say I got kind of lucky in that sense. I knew a majority of the people at the flagship gym already. So a lot of the my members now, I've known and worked out with personally. It's just changing roles a little bit, but ultimately, it's still a big family. So.
5: Yeah, for sure. There's uh, There are a lot of people who get into the ownership role after really either just being a consumer, you know, someone who works out at a gym or even a trainer and don't get a, an opportunity beforehand to see the inner workings. And there's a lot of cool stuff that goes on, but there's also a lot of things that nobody ever thinks about. So for your experience, having seen, you know, most, if not all of it, before you took the plunge... Do you think there are any things that people either discount entirely or underestimate when it comes to actually running the business as it differs from being a trainer or a member or just what you see from the consumer side?
6: I would say a lot of people don't see numbers and they don't see PR, personal relations. Um, You know, you might have inter-member conflicts that you have to now deal with. Um, something you might not see as a member yourself. Also numbers, making sure your funds are good, trying to get new equipment for everybody. Uh, just staying on top of keeping up with all the members, really.
5: Yeah, those are, uh, we as consumers, we can go in and, and be in our own little bubble and yeah, all right, we see people, that's cool. Obviously, if you go to a gym that's dead all the time, you might be concerned. If, but I think the numbers side of it, doesn't get thankfully from the consumers don't have to think about it a lot it's like hey the gym's open i came here is it clean is it not clean is the equipment working but it's like when you have a big especially an open access gym with with member numbers in the hundreds um the details can get lost so you don't know if rent is two thousand dollars a month or five thousand or ten thousand and you know how how wild the electricity can be and what maintenance is. But I think having gotten onto the other side of that, there are things that you could probably recall just from your personal experience, right? You're trying to figure out what the budget really should be. And you're like, well, I know that a piece of equipment is going to break every month. I'm going to have to put this much aside, or there's going to be, there's always going to be something. So you get to plan for those gotchas a little bit better than somebody who hasn't had to do that.
6: Yeah. We had, uh, I think it was the first two weeks that we had reopened, that, you know, we did our renovation, we reopened. And I think one of my uh, cable crossover machines, one of the cables actually snapped about a weekend. So just, you know, having that stuff on hand, I don't want to put a lot of money into having inventory, but mm-hmm. having that stuff on hand and having it available for the members is huge. And like you said, it's easy for people not to think about stuff like that. But as a business owner, you have to keep in mind, you need the place up and running Yeah, at all times. Yeah.
5: For sure. People, that's all they want to know is everything's here. It works. It's clean. Great. Take my money once a month or however often you bill and, and we'll go from there. So when you took over, you went with basically a, a full rebrand. Now, obviously, you couldn't you couldn't use the franchise name anymore, but you took it beyond that. You didn't just call it, you know, Gardener Gym or or something kind of basic and generic. Uh, you went all in on this idea of full Starker Fitness. So give us a little bit of background on where that came from. Uh, what it means to you and and how you've kind of added that in as a personality to the gym.
6: Well, a lot of the old tales of strength and power derived from uh, kind of the Viking era. To be considered full sturker, full strength, you'd have to lift a 340-pound stone. That would award you kind of the, I guess, the privilege to go on raids or um, hunting expeditions, and I've always been kind of fascinated with the feats of strength that were kind of, I don't want to say mythological, but, you know, those tall tales of, of power. And I kind of wanted to replicate that in the gym, and that was kind of always what I wanted to do. So, you know, heavy lifting, power lifting, being strong, also maintaining athleticism. Uh, I just wanted to bring that to the gym, and that's kind of the gym that I always wanted. So.
5: All right. So you came in, you did the rebrand, you did a remodel with it. And let's talk about some of the things that you're, you're going to be doing going forward. You have some trainers in your mix there. Is it going to be, are you going to be offering personal training? Are you going to be offering, you know, uh, strength sports specific. Are you going to be doing any type of group or semi-private training? Like what are the other things you're doing to put your stamp on the business?
6: Yeah. So my, two trainers. um, They're awesome. They've been in the business for a long time. They'll do uh, boot camps. They can offer dietary plans. They'll even do, if you wanted to play football, for instance, they can do position specific training um, because they have that experience. So I would say they're well-rounded in speed and agility as well as strength and conditioning. And luckily my gym is able to offer all those things. So it's kind of a good mix for us. It's a a great partnership that we have.
5: Awesome. Awesome. So along the, along the lines of the rebrand, you're trying to tie members in as a community, as the you know, Full Starker family, whatever you're going to call it. And part of that for you is also going to come in the form of launching some apparel.
6: Yep. We uh, I'm working on getting kind of a merchandising area going. Um, I'm working on some custom apparel. Um, eventually i'd like to push out you know different collections and stuff like that and just kind of make make it well known that our members are here we're a family we're together but also we can wear some cool gear (laughs) in the process so
5: yeah so when we talk to gym owners a lot about you know merchandise specific specifically apparel um you know there's it can be it can be tough there's a lot of things with manufacturing with with printers um, you know margins aren't super high and stuff like that. So when people are looking at it as a revenue stream, it very infrequently pans out. How much of it for you is about an additional revenue stream for the business, and how much is it just about branding, brand awareness you know community tie in
6: it's i mean as you will know, it's not really. The margins aren't there to really be huge. But if I can get my name out there and and uh, brand a little better, eventually I think I'd like to, you know, use that to open a new gym as well, as well as expand. So the apparel might be huge if I decide to go other locations as well. Someone might see the shirt or whatever and be like, this is the gym I train at. It's, it's not really about money. Um, neither is the gym, you know, it's about passion. So I like to leave it at that.
5: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that and I appreciate you sharing it. And I think that it's, it's good to give perspective, because there are, there really are two types of gym owners across, you know, whether it's micro gyms, boot camps, personal training studios, bigger gyms, Uh, not that they can't intersect, but often you have people who either are an investor or somebody who's looking to build something as a cash flow vehicle, whatever, and then there's a lot of people just do it for the passion and have, you know, have other investments, have other, you know, forms of income. And I think that both of them can produce a really good, successful gym model that if somebody's looking at one way or the other, they shouldn't just say like, oh, you know, Scott's not in it for the money, so I shouldn't copy anything he does. I think a lot of the lessons can translate. You just have to know where you're going, where you're going to be for it, I think and um you know so don't discount that if you're out there listening um if you're trying to go look at a gym as an investment or a for-profit entity a lot of these lessons a lot of these best practices are going to apply either way
6: i'd agree with that it's uh you have to figure out what you want and then from there um kind of make it your own really it's ultimately your your end goal yeah
5: absolutely i um you know, I had the pleasure and, and honor not too long ago to talk to, uh, you know, for anybody who's involved in, in strength sports and is familiar uh, with the guy who owns House of Pain gyms now down in the St. Louis area. Uh, and Joe is a, he's a great human being. And, uh, you know, he's, he's had good fortune in, in his other career uh, and put in a lot of hard work and is able to just build the type of gym that he would want to train at. And, and granted, he's a good businessman. He's not doing it to lose money but it's for him so much more about putting out there in the community for something that, you know, the type of place he would want to work at work out at and the type of place that he thought was missing in the community. And it, and it feels like that's the direction that you're going into is like, let's just, let's make this place as awesome as I can. And, you know, we'll, we'll let the rest of those details work each other out with just some, some smart business moves, but not all about the bottom dollar.
6: Yep. i completely agree and follow that business model. Um, if I were to expand, I'd maintain the same feelings I do now. Um, I don't pay myself i I want the gym to be as awesome as possible and I want my members to be happy with it. That's the end goal.
5: Awesome, awesome and I think no matter what um, if you keep going with that philosophy, there's just there's gonna be members, there's gonna be income there's you know there's gonna be you know things that come with that. It's just a matter of which side of the driving force you're on. So I want to talk a little bit about um, how, how you run operations since you've taken over and, and how that interplays with the rebrand. So you come out, you go from, you know, your your franchise brand, open access gym to full Sturker Fitness. And it's this, this word that people aren't familiar with. And it's, you know, if they look it up, they're you know, it's, it's one of those things where not everybody's going to be super familiar. So for you, you had your established client base and it's, it's easier to explain to them what's going on. Like, Hey, this is all the equipment that you are used to, we're going to add some cool stuff. We're doing this, but you know, have you, and I know that you only took over and and did this in November. So have you had to get into new client acquisition, new marketing and getting people familiar in the community with like full circle fitness and why they should be interested in what you're all about?
6: Yeah, a lot of um, improvements I'd say we made is is technology. So a lot of the old ways that the franchises would do things would be on paper. I have no paper at all. It's all kind of streamlined, digital. So if someone wants to scan a QR code, it'll take them to the website. They can sign up. I can assign them a temporary code. They can come right in and work out within five minutes. Um, I've tried making it as easy for people as possible because I'm only one person and I can't be there 24-7. So a lot of it has been trying to find the right, uh, I'd say, operating system and, and trying to make it as easy as possible for clients, as well as marketing more digitally. Social media is huge. Um, making the website and really pushing that, getting people kind of involved and, and just really promoting it from a, a digital aspect has been key.
5: Now, as far as the the digital the social media, you know getting that out there and doing those promotions, has that been something that is a skill set that you've acquired and have been handling yourself? Have you farmed it out? How have you been handling that particular aspect of things?
6: Yeah, I'm pretty terrible <laughs> at, at staying on top of that to be honest. Um, I'm not really big into it. Um, I made my first Instagram just to maintain uh kind of my own timeline on my lifts so I could keep myself accountable. But as far as the gym goes, um, I try and make posts here and there. I've delegated it out um, to one person that has a marketing degree. But um, ultimately, I probably should be able to post more and and be more involved, which I'm hoping to do. But uh, yeah, to be honest, I've just been not not as good with it as I could be. So
5: I don't want to beat this dead horse too much, but I also, I want to make sure it's clear to people. If they're listening, this has only been something that you've, you've taken over since November. So it's like, there's a lot of things that, you know, you want to do, but it's, it's time. It's not, you know, it's not your only full-time gig there. You have a lot of stuff going on. So it's, Hey, let's give attention to the things that have highest priority. And for you, that's, you know, was the rebrand was the remodel was making sure every, you know, the gym is the type of place that you want to promote and not just promoting it for the sake of this unfinished product or, or, you know, work in process. So the gym is always going to be a work in process, but you, you prioritize, let's get it to where I want to promote it. And then we'll, we'll figure out the other stuff as, as the timeline requires
6: pretty much. Yeah. I spent uh, 20 hours a day for a full week doing the renovation. Um Oof wasn't posting any of the remodel stuff I probably should have in hindsight but you know it is what it is I want the gym to be done not incomplete and open so the big thing was getting it finished and and I'm still waiting on equipment actually um you know with with the market the way it is and and everything it's it's Uh, been slow but but mostly we're we're doing good um digitally we we need to stay on top of that but in time
5: supply chain issues and, and manufacturing in the in all aspects but you know with with gym equipment we're we're hearing that across the board so i'm sure it doesn't make you feel any better about it but it's just like you know i want this cool shit now basically is is how i think i'd be feeling if i was in your shoes that's for sure
6: yeah the equipment we're waiting on we've specifically had people ask for so it's a little frustrating but at the same time i understand it's not the manufacturer's fault. It's just one of those things where you got to kind of deal with it.
5: Yeah, for sure. So um, I know that, you know, the gym is 24 seven access and we got into it a little bit of how you leverage technology. But what is the the general sign up process look like? Are you doing are you doing a fitness assessment? Are you doing any type of introduction? Is there is there any attempt to, you know, get people into higher level services Uh, What does that process look like for a new person coming in? How are you handling it?
6: Uh, So basically, I usually, unless people know they want to be in the gym, um, if there's anyone on the fence, I usually like to walk them around, show them all the equipment, everything we have to offer. Um, If I need to, um, I will let them try out the gym for a short period of time, let them kind of see if it works with their schedule. A lot of people like the 24-hour aspect because their schedules are different. Um, if they want any further training or anything like that, that's where I delegate to my trainers that I have. Um, but I don't do any fitness assessments prehand. Um, I leave everything to them. That's their job. I'm working on the business. Their side is kind of training clients.
5: Okay. it's it's, um, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd say it's quite 50, 50, but there certainly is a split. And, you know, I'm not here to take sides either way on that. But it's, it's always good that we get these contrasting opinions and operations of, hey, you know what, sign up, I'll leave it to the trainers, if they want to, you know, they want to increase their book of business, they can introduce themselves, they can, they can work with clients. Um, You know, you do have the other side where people like, yeah, we're trying to, we're trying to feed the trainers, you know, I'm, I'm owner front desk salesperson, and it's, you know, with these lower staffed business models, sometimes it's like just pick your priority. And I think finding one or the other works so much better than somebody who just tries to bounce back and forth between both, because then you just you kind of end up getting two things get done half
6: assed. Yeah. Usually when I walk people around, you know, I can mention, hey, we have trainers. This is kind of their background. If you're interested in this or a boot camp or whatever, any sort of session you know, I can get you their number or you can contact them kind of however you want to do it. I usually leave it up to the client to know kind of what route they want to go. But it's not really something that I try to force on people because I don't like being forced into something that I don't want to do ultimately. So you have to make that decision for yourself.
5: For sure. For sure. The trainers that you have, this comes up all all the time. Are they employees? Are they independent contractors? Are they people who just pay rent to you? And, you know, why do you find whatever model you use is is the one that you like best?
6: Um, They're not employees. Uh, We just kind of go with, I guess I'd go with the contractor model, but it's not essentially uh, that black and white. Mm -hmm. They're good friends of mine. So we just kind of have it set up on a kind of like on a a 70-30 type split um, like an agreement essentially. So, um, any clients they bring into the gym, if, if they want to do anything with them, I, or they would get a certain percentage, et cetera. That's kind of how we worked it out. Um, it might be different for other people. Um, if I got bigger, maybe I would go to the employee thing, but as it sits right now, that's not something that I did.
5: Okay. So these people, they're close personal friends of yours. So you You didn't feel the need. You don't have to sit down and have a lawyer drafted ironclad contract with them. It's more a handshake. And Hey, you do right by us. You take care of my clients. You got a great facility to work at. We'll work out the rest. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. All right. And that's that really, I mean, for me, where we talk about this being a passion project for you and a, a thing that you want to bring to the community and have this community aspect just kind of keeps feeding back into that same thing. Like the trainers aren't, you know, you didn't go out and headhunt, you know, the trainers from the other, you know, big box gym down the road. And, you know, you're, you're making them, you know, it's fit in this little box of black and white. It's like, Hey, these are people that I believe in. They're great trainers. They're friends. I'm going to trust them to talk to anybody who's my member. And until we need more, I don't have to think about that.
6: Correct. I do trust them and they wanted to be at this gym. So I'm more than happy to give them that trust.
5: Gotcha. Gotcha. Where you're at now uh, having, you know, having this thing kicking off and and going for a few months, you're working on apparel, you're working, you know, you have trainers boot camp. Are you doing anything else or looking at anything else for revenue streams, like nutrition, coaching, supplement sales, uh, online training, anything like that um, on the horizon for you or that you're doing right now?
6: Yeah. So my trainers actually do offer some form of online training. Um, I think it's actually zoom, but, um, yeah, they (laughs) they offer those I'm working on getting the right supplements in the gym to sell. Um, obviously I'm not out to really eye gouge people. I don't plan on, you know, making huge margins off of that, but if I can get, you know, a new recumbent bike or a new treadmill or something like that off of those sales. Awesome something more for the members, but yeah, uh, between the apparel and the supplements and then hopefully expanding and new equipment coming. Um, we've got some, some hope <laughs> I'd say.
5: Awesome. Awesome, and So as we start to wind down on time, um, you know, you've, you've worked at another run, another gym, you have owned this one for a few months. Uh, It sounds like you already have at least some ideas in your head of expanding the facility you're in now, possibly expanding to multiple facilities. Is there any kind of timeline, anything that you're working on as far as plans of this is where I'd like to be at the end of 22, 23, or are you still right now just in the, you know, let's make this as as good as it can and and then take the next steps. Where does that fall for you?
6: Ever since the transition, I'd say we've had a big boom of members that are more consistent than ever. There's a lot of members that are in there more often. It's getting crowded. I've already wanted to expand. And a lot of it comes down to space and money. Um, I'd like to go from 4,000, hopefully out to eight, 10,000. It depends. Um, the market is kind of one of those things where it's, it's iffy. You have to deal with inflation. Everything's high. People are greedy. So finding the best route to go is tricky.
5: Yeah, for sure. And it's uh, like timing can be everything, the market. So basically right now for you, it's you've got your eyes and ears open for the right opportunity, but you're making the best out of the space you have right now. And um, if I'm hearing you, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, um, you have a little concern about it getting crowded. So if you get to a point where you feel like like it's too crowded, are you going to cap membership until you can figure out an expansion? Or have you have you spent much time thinking about that?
6: Well, I have about three years on this lease agreement. Mm -hmm. Um, so ideally with my city specifically expanding more, it's been growing, um, for many years. Um, it's getting more rapid with big business coming in. Um, I, within that three years, I would like to have expanded into a bigger space. I don't think I'd necessarily cap memberships because I obviously want the community to come here and be involved. But I think that pressure of it getting crowded would increase the necessity and the, the urge to go and expand quicker. Got it, got it.
5: All right, so big question. Last question we're gonna ask you before we let you go today, Scott. You've been training for a long time as a a consumer, as somebody who's been in your facility, you've run another facility, now you own this one. Um, Is there anything that you find that you wish that you knew sooner, uh, that you think you'd like to share with other owners or prospective owners? that serves you, you know, the best kind of day in, day out to keep you going in this game?
6: Um, it might sound weird. I wish I knew more about how to set up your business from like an LLC S Corp situation, as well as understanding the taxes that come with it. Um, if I could redo it, I'd probably have an S Corp own my LLC The LLC specifically for business owners, you get a little bit more in tax write-offs as far as kind of leniency and the S-Corp will kind of protect your LLC more so than the LLC would be able to protect itself. So there's certain aspects of that and understanding how to file your taxes is huge. Um, That's kind of big, been one of the biggest kind of learning curves for me is, is jumping into actual taxes and things like that, surprisingly.
5: Yeah, thank thank goodness for great professionals in that area. Because if if we all had to become tax tax law, uh, even I wouldn't even say you know experts. If we even had to be be novices of that, we'd we'd mostly all be in trouble. But good for you for grabbing the bull by the horns and at least getting an understanding of it um, enough to where you're gonna sounds like at least feel comfortable knowing as you go forward whether it's multiple locations expanding whatever you do that. Uh, you know that that's one of those things that you want to have in line. So that's all the time we have today, Scott. I appreciate you being here. It's been a pleasure having you. You guys out there listening, if anybody's uh, in the Gardner, Kansas, you know, Kansas City suburb area, you would know, check out Full Starker Fitness. Um, it's Badass Gym already. I'm sure it's only going to get more badass. So Scott, thank you for being here with us today.
6: Thank you, Dominic. Appreciate it. You're welcome,
5: sir. And everyone out there listening, thank you for being here with us. We wouldn't be here without you. We hope you found value in this episode. If you want to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard. Keep changing lives. Gym Lords out. Thank
0: you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alex'sgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.